0: Welcome to episode seventy-seven of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And this point, we want to wish you a happy New Year as we go into the New Year. Uh, we got great things ahead, and we just hope that uh, twenty twenty-one is going to be a better year than twenty twenty. It's been a rough us year. All hope so. Amen to that. So, in the process, uh, just get the name out there. Invite people to listen. Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Instagram, text, however you can do it, and uh, just keep the word out there that uh, we're still going strong here at Connecting Faith to Life. Uh, Well, Pastor, we're going to be talking today about something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's the, the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB and I'm looking forward to that. I know as uh, I was there at the very beginnings of the Holman mm-hmm. Christian Standard, which is kind of the forerunner yeah. to the CSB, and uh, I was excited at that time, and I'm still excited about what yeah. God's doing through this incredible translation. Yeah, so,
1: and the reason why we're talking about this is because a couple of months ago, I started preaching exactly. from the Christian Standard Bible. And you had no happier person than me. I had no happier person than you, but there were some <laughs> people who did not like it. I'm sure. Well, i say sure. did not like it. Just maybe didn't understand or yeah. maybe didn't like it. I don't know. I've, I've gotten some questions. Well, they've invested themselves right? in and the I ESV. Get that and, because I've invested you know, as well. And yeah. so, you know, I mean, and I understand. And, and uh, so I wanted to talk about why I've made right now the switch to preaching more from the CSB than the ESV. And so we're going to get in that. And, and hopefully this will help you to, to kind of know my heart and where I'm coming from and, you know. Should be interesting.
0: I think it. I think it's. I, I think it's a great change. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so let me ask you this question. Question as we get started. You ready?
0: I'm ready. I'll try.
1: What you gonna do with your money?
0: All my money. What not All your for, money? No, 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 uh, no. You mean no, from a no, singing no, lessons? No,
1: no, no. You getting money? You getting money? Because of the COVID relief
0: bill. Oh, I am. Yeah. I did not know six hundred
1: bucks a person. Wow. What you gonna do with your money?
0: I haven't really thought about it because I didn't know. Oh, I'm going to buy a bunch of Bibles. When somebody tells I'm me I'm getting money, I,
1: I hear you. When somebody tells me you're getting money, I start thinking about what I'm going to do with my money.
0: <laughs> do you really? Yeah, absolutely. I know what my wife does. She saves it. It goes right saves in the savings it. Yeah, I'm going
1: to save some too, but I don't know. <laughs> I always like to get money. But but I'm, I, I talk about that because um, you've got this Congress here in the last week or so passed this um, – Covid relief bill that mm-hmm. you know all of us Americans are going to get six hundred dollars apiece to help and, and and that's great. But what was interesting to me when they passed this bill, you know how and this is how it always works with Congress. And I'm not a politician, so I don't really understand how it works. I just understand what I read on the mm. the news sites and it seems all weird to me. But anyway, you know you know how <laughs> it how is many weird. you know how many pages this Covid relief I did bill hear was? that how now. much how, how it's, long was it's it? over
0: five thousand pages
1: thousand pages. Yeah. Who's writing 5,000 pages? And who can read 5,000 pages? And that's the thing. So they get this 5,000-page bill, and they've got a vote on it with like in a few hours of getting the bill. <laughs> Nobody reads it. Nobody knows what's in it. But this happens all the time in all Congress. All the time.
0: It's just sometimes, especially when it comes to money, we yeah, recognize what's yeah, going on.
1: Yeah, so I, I do want to know who's writing 5,000 pages. That is a lot of You know writing. it's a lot of
0: cut and paste, brother. Cut and paste. But where are they cut, cut and, and paste. pasting
1: from? I don't. I don't have a clue how you I need mean, they grab just,
0: stuff from old bills. That's the only I, thing I figure. I have no or idea. Things that never got it through the first time, or but man, knows? I
1: mean, golly, to vote on something that you haven't read, you mm. don't know the contents of it. Five thousand pages. Mm. I don't even think about it. That is wild and crazy. I, at any rate, I say that because here you have this bill that's been passed. It's five thousand pages, and, and you know, I like money. I'm glad I'm getting six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Do I need six hundred? Uh, anyway, that's another conversation for another day. I don't want to get political, but anyway, um, so so you know. <laughs> oh man! How many of us live our lives right, calling ourselves followers of Jesus, but have not read the document that God has given us? I hear it's about ninety yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have this number. Have have these Bibles that man. God has given us his word, yet so few of us have taken the time mm. to actually get into it. And so, you know, when you think about Bible translations, Trey, we are privileged to live in the English speaking world. We are. It's unbelievable. Because it's how many Bible translations do we have in the English language? I, have I don't even know. Idea. I have no idea. But a lot. <laughs> you think about many of us, uh, especially if, if you're a little bit older, if you're, you know, middle-aged or older, you, you might have grown up in uh, the King James tradition, mm-hmm. right? That, and, and I did, I mean, actually. I mean, well, I don't think we used the King James Bible at my church growing up, but I remember memorizing Scripture from oh, the King I James. Oh, I definitely did. I went to a, a private school, and, you know, we we memorized Scripture from the King James Bible. I mm-hmm. still have Scripture memorized from the King James. And, and then I think the Bible translation we grew up with in my church was the NIV. Mm-hmm. And that was a real popular translation. That was translation. a little later for me. As pop- yeah. But yeah, yeah. So that was, that was the real popular translation, and and then you know um, when I started preaching, the first Bible I preached from was the New American Standard Bible because every serious preacher, mm. right, you preached from the have New American Standard, Standard Bible, right? That was like the That's serious the translation. That was the academic, scholarly, yeah. um, you know, what they told us was the most reliable translation, and and then you know. Um, and about a year or two into my preaching ministry, I started preaching from the English Standard Version, uh, in large part because it's what we were using in seminary. All my professors were, were using it, so I wanted to be cool like my professors, so I started using <laughs> it. And and I, I preached from the uh, ESV for, I don't know, I started preaching when I was 24, so wow, maybe maybe, time, maybe right. I was 25 or so when I started using the ESV, and now here I'm 42, and just in the last couple months, I started preaching from the CSB. So I have a, a long time. Commitment mm. to preaching the Bible from the English Standard Version, and it's a great translation. But, you know, we've made a little bit of a change, uh, and I'm not going to not preach from the English Standard Version. I'm probably going to preach from it, too. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about some—that's some. some that's another conversation. But, but let's talk about just some reasons, three reasons why I chose right now to start preaching from the Christian Standard Bible.
0: Okay, well, the first thing— is that you want to preach from a Bible translation that is accurate and clear?
1: Yeah. Again, here we are, Trey, and we are a blessed people because here in the English-speaking world, we do have a number of English translations we can choose mm-hmm. from. Whether it's the ESV, the NASB, the NIV, the NLT—just pick three initials. There's probably a Bible yeah. translation for it, right?
0: Probably. So,
1: so, but there's lots of translations. See, I've been in different parts of the world where that's not the case. Yeah. You know, you go you're to... just
0: thankful you have one translation. You're thankful translation. you have one. Yeah.
1: Like, you go to, to China or to Russia, I mean, you're thankful to have a translation. Mm-hmm. And then I have I have friends. I have friends who, um, who are missionaries with Wycliffe Translators. Wow, okay. That, you know, they're ministering in places where there's not a Bible translation. And their whole reason for being there is to learn the language of that tribe or that people group so that they can translate the Bible into the heart language of that people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's hard to imagine, Trey, but there are, are people all over the world who do not have access to a Bible in their language.
0: That's why we have people like Wycliffe.
1: Right, that are translating, you know, for, for those people groups. But here in the English-speaking world, we have a plethora mm. of English translations, and, and that's really good. I praise God for that, right?
0: But there was a day that wasn't true.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, for for years, I mean, you, well, you know, that's that's a long history lesson, too. We don't too, need to but, get into that. But. Uh, but, but for years, you know, the dominant translation was the King James mm-hmm. Version. It wasn't the only translation, but it was the dominant translation in the English-speaking world. So, so um I'm gonna give you a little bit of lesson. You you know these things, Trey, but for the, our listeners, make sure, sure. they understand Let's this: do it. that that when we talk about Bible translation, there are different philosophies of Bible translation. So so there really are two prevailing philosophies. Uh, that that when when and, and this is really cool too. That you're you're not very good with Greek, are you, or Hebrew?
0: I want to think I am, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I just admit I, I'm not. when I was
1: in seminary because I, I did the PhD, I had to take of course you advanced did. languages. Yes. Uh, but I didn't get very advanced in them. I did just enough to pass the classes because my Hebrew and my Greek are terrible. Oh, so for somebody like me, and and probably for most of our listeners who do not read Hebrew and Greek, we are dependent. We are upon our English translations. Now we have, like you and I, have Bible software that kind of helps us to get into the original languages and look at it and learn and all that kind of stuff. But I, even with that, I am dependent mm. on people who know far more about the languages than I do. So I'm dependent on a good translation to help me understand you know, the Bible from the original languages, from the Greek and the Hebrew, the Greek in the New Testament, and the Hebrew uh, in the Old Testament. I'm dependent on a good Bible translation to help me to get that, right? Yeah, and they
0: know more in their little pinky. <laughs> about what they did to translate that yeah, word yeah. than yeah. I possibly could yeah. in yeah. all my studies, you know. So,
1: so you take, think about the, the New Testament um, specifically. So the New Testament, written in the Greek language originally. So what Bible scholars do is they go back to the Greek manuscripts to translate um, into uh, the English language. So what I mean by that is that when I'm holding the CSB, or the ESV for that matter, um, the the... The people who worked on these translations, they didn't go grab the King James version, for right. example, and say, okay, right. let me just update the language a little bit, right? <laughs> exactly. They actually went back to the Greek and the Hebrew, and they studied those, and they translated based on the manuscripts that we have. Now, what you and I know, Trey, is that we don't have the original manuscripts, do we?
0: And we probably never will.
1: Nope. Like, we don't have Paul's original letter to the church at Ephesus that, mm-hmm. that, 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 was, that originally went to, to the city of Ephesus. We don't have that. We don't have uh, the original Gospel of Matthew that Matthew wrote with his own hand. We don't have that. What we have are copies, manuscripts, mm-hmm. but there's lots of them. There's literally thousands, thousands yes. of manuscripts that 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 we've been able to discover, and so uh, what what Bible scholars in this area do is that they take those manuscripts, and those manuscripts have been, been studied, and you know, and and looked at, and they've known variations. There are variations, and those variations are are extremely minor. And then so they take those manuscripts, and then you know. The the translations that we have in the English language are based on those manuscripts Mm -hmm. from the Greek language. So it's really cool, the process. It's called textual criticism. That's another conversation for another day. And I don't even, I I hardly understand the ins and outs of textual criticism. It's a a big field of study. Huge. And there are are men and women who give their whole lives to textual criticism, Mm. right? To looking at the differences and the variations in the Greek manuscripts. And it's just a a wild field of study. Um, But anyway, I say that that, you know, when you read an English translation like the ESV or the CSB, you can you can trust that a lot of work went into the translation process to make sure that what you're holding your hands and reading from reflects to the best of of the ability of the translators, you know, uh, what was actually in the Greek and the Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty cool. Right. That, that kind of work goes into it.
0: And to think that they care that much. Yeah, that's, absolutely. You know, it's not something they just did. You know, I woke up one morning and decided to do this. This is
1: years. Yeah, of years. years oh, absolutely, work into it, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so so. But but when we think about um, English translations, there's there's two different philosophies to English translations of the Bible. One is called. And if you don't understand these or know these words, this will be kind of new for you. Um one is called formal equivalence, and the other is called dynamic equivalence. So, for example, you take uh, the New American Standard Bible. I was
0: going to say it, that it one. was like yeah.
1: the king of formal equivalence. That exactly. the goal of the New American Standard Bible, when that Bible was being translated, um, uh, they wanted that 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 English text to match up as closely as possible, word for word, to what the um, uh, the original Greek and Hebrew says,
0: even an. English, it was complex. They wanted it to right, be. Right,
1: right. So what happens when you do a word-for-word word translation, it does. It, it gives you a literal translation of, uh, or tries to anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you and I know this, that language is complicated. It's complex. That you can say something in English that has a variety of meanings. And it's mm-hmm. based on context as to what that word or that phrase means, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there's also idioms. Like you and I would say, hey, it's, man, did you see It's raining like cats and dogs out there. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I, we know what that means because that's an idiom in, in our culture. But you go over to Russia and you say in Russian, <laughs> it's raining cats and dogs. They're going to look at you like you're crazy.
0: Exactly. And say- so you,
1: you read the Bible, you've got words that have meanings, but you also have idioms and everything else. And so what happens in a word for word translation, like the NASB or the ESV or the CSB, these are all word for word translations, mm. which, which is what I prefer, mm. right? These word for words, translations, um, what happens is that sometimes in the English language, we translate word for word, but we can't understand all the idioms and it, a word for word translation, if you're not careful, can lack readability, exactly, right? And so,
0: and understandability, because right, of right, that.
1: right, yeah. right. So, but, but, you know, for me personally, and I think, you know, uh, most, uh, uh, expository preachers like, like I am, or like you are, mm-hmm. Trey, we would prefer a word for word translation. It's a lot right? easier to
0: use. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. But the, but then you have on the other side what's called a dynamic equivalent. So you have formal equivalents, which is kind of a word for word translation from the original languages, and then you have a dynamic equivalent, which which, in all honesty, you know most dynamic equivalent translations they too are trying to get word for word accuracy across. But a, a dynamic uh, equivalent translation, they want you to understand the passage. The thought. So it's more the thought, thought for thought, yeah. right? So they they there's going to be a little more and I use this word um, cautiously, there's going to be a little more paraphrasing in a thought-for-thought thought translation because the um, the dynamic equivalent translation is going to try to explain mm-hmm. in the translation uh, some of those idioms and things like right, that. Right. So so um, what begins to be the issue for a dynamic... So on, on the one hand, you have word-for-word word, that it, because it's if it like the NASB, for example. So word-for-word word that sometimes it can be hard to read, mm-hmm. right? Because it just doesn't make sense in some places. But then you have this dynamic, uh, almost paraphrasing in some places where what happens is that the Bible translators begin to interpret scripture for you. You've got to be careful with that. And you've got to be careful with that. Yeah. So, So what the CSB does, and I think it does well, it tries to strike a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. That's very word for word, but at the same time, it tries to be readable. So a dynamic equivalent translation would be something like the NIV that a lot of us grew up on. Mm -hmm. It's a good, solid translation, but it's not quite as word for word as the ESV or the NASB. Another one that would be a dynamic equivalent would be uh, the New Living Translation, yeah, yeah. which is a translation I like a lot. I read it on a I've regular read it basis. Multiple yeah, times yeah. It's just a beautiful reading I've read it to my kids. Bible. I've read all the way through it a couple of times. I like it a lot, but also yeah. recognize that when I read that translation, I'm getting a lot of paraphrasing mm-hmm. uh, rather than an actual word for word translation. So I always try to read that one with another Bible handy just to make sure I agree. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I wouldn't preach from the NLT because you know it, it heavily paraphrases in places. So th- what the CSB does is it strives to to um, you know, create a balance yeah, between the word for word so. and the dynamic so. equivalent. So, so for me, I say all that, say this, one of my goals when I'm preaching is I want to preach from a Bible translation that's accurate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which I believe that the CSB is because, you know, the philosophy of translation is a word for word translation. And I want to preach from a Bible translation that's clear, mm-hmm. that when you hear it read from the stage, you can understand it. And so what something like the ESV does, and the ESV is a wonderful translation that I'll continue to use in my study and probably preach from it as well um, uh, in the days ahead from time to time. What the, but the ESV, what it sounds like, and I, and I mean this in the best way what it sounds like is it sounds like the Bible. Mm. You know what I mean? When I say that, that when we read the scripture, there's these Bible terms mm-hmm. that just, it makes it sound like the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Like propitiation. Yeah. Uses right? words Or one word words. that, that the English standard version uses a lot that the CSB does not is the word behold, behold. I didn't right? realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but that sounds like a Bible word. So, you know, when, and that's beautiful. So, for example, when you read uh, the book of Psalms, mm. in, in the King James Version, oh. Psalms is beautiful oh, because of heaven, this, this high language, right? Oh, yeah. In the ESV, it tries to be in that that tradition of the King James and preserves mm. that high language to give it that kind of that that Bible sound, that sacred, holy sound, and that's good. But the problem with that is sometimes that's not understandable for the average reader who does not maybe have any Bible background. So well, if you're reading through the Bible— yeah. And you come across the word propitiation, like what in the world does that mean? You know, that's yeah. a, that's a Bible word, right? So what the CSB does, or NIV, or some of these other translations, is they 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 don't use as many of those Bible sounding words for the reader, so it's clear. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. I think uh, you know you're talking about the beauty part of it. I think it's so important that we get past. Sometimes we got to get past the beauty. I can hear Psalm eight, for instance, in the King James, and I'm just melting because it's so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, and yet. I lose some of what it's trying to say because it. I've just completely gone uh, left brain on it. If that makes sense, you know, artistic. One example that would be Psalm
1: twenty-three. So in the ESV, there there it is. And 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 here's what happens, right? In the ESV or another uh, translation like the New King James, New American Standard, or um, you know. The King James, you you read Psalm 23, and you have the verse in Psalm 23. It says, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Mm-hmm. And if you grew up in church, I mean, everybody's familiar with Psalm 23. If you grew up in church, even if you didn't grow, grow up in church, you're familiar with that phrase. Mm-hmm. Even though I walk the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. It is. But what in the world does it mean? <laughs> because <laughs> we don't talk about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Uh-huh. But then you come over to the CSB, and the way it says it is, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. Yeah, it's so, a, it's the same thing, again. But the goal of the CSB is just to make it a little bit more readable, mm-hmm. so that you can understand it when you read. So, so it's accurate, right? The CSB is accurate. The wording's changed, and again, for some of us, we're going to push back against that. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't like it. I don't like that that phrase was. You know, and I really a bit. don't blame people for and saying that. And I don't either. You know? Right? I mean, if I if I quote Psalm twenty three from memory, I'm probably going to quote what I've memorized in I the too. ESV or the KJV or something else, but you know, if I'm reading it to my boys, mm-hmm. I want readability like the CSB where they can understand what daddy's reading to them in our mm-hmm. family devotions. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, so you know, there's all kinds of things where you can look and see where the CSB has just attempted to make it a little bit more clear.
0: Now, w- when they do these translations, is this like just one or two guys in a room, or oh, is it no, much no, no, more no, than no. that? It's,
1: I think with the CSB, um, and and the CSB is an update. We talked about this before we started recording, Trey. That you know the, the CSB is actually an update from the HCSB, mm-hmm. the Holman Christian Standard Bible. They dropped the H, and they. Greatly updated the the language of the CSB. For example, in the HCSB, the translation that preceded the CSB uh, in the Old Testament, they used uh, the word Yahweh for God's name, which is correct. Mm-hmm. But it, that, it was it was really wild the way they did it. And you know, in some places they would use Yahweh, know, in some ways they were not, so it was it was inconsistent. So yeah. the CSB came along and doesn't use Yahweh anymore. It uses the traditional Lord, Lord capital yeah. L capital O capital R which capital makes D huge, difference. which makes a me. huge difference. And it's just a little more consistent, but that's another story for another day. Um, but, but what I was saying is that, you know um, when they translated the CSB or the ESV for that matter, or any major translation um, it's not translated by one person mm. for the CSB it was over 100 scholars who worked on this. You're getting a lot, and, and it was interdenominational. I was
0: going to say, it wasn't. It wasn't it, like just Baptist. Baptist-driven, it's, driven, it's right, not like. Right, right, right. Yeah.
1: So Holman Publishers is an, a branch of Lifeway, our Southern Baptist Convention, and so they were the ones that led the way with this translation. But you have people from all kinds of denominational backgrounds Anglican, that work. Right, Lutheran Lutheran. Right, I mean, I, on I've, the I've looked through it. And, so some, and if you were to look at the names, for those of us who are familiar with some of the names. Yeah some really really great first rate scholars who worked on this translation. And that's the same with any translation. You get mm-hmm. the best of the best to to work those translations. On the other end of the spectrum, you would have something like the message translation
0: <laughs>
1: one which man. one man, yeah. right? And it's a great paraphrase. It's a, it's but it's not really a translation at all, right? So all. Yeah. so just know that when you read a respected translation like the CSB, ESV or whatever the case may be, you're reading something that, you know, a lot of people have put their eyes on and studied and worked through. And and then they get together after they translate and talk through the, you know, different ways they're translating different phrases or words. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a long process. And, again, I'm thankful in the providence of God that he's, you know, given people like that gifts to translate Amen. so that we can benefit from that and have a good, solid translation in our language. So, yeah. But I want a translation to be accurate and clear.
0: Amen. I also uh number two is is that you want to be able to preach from a bible that encourages you
1: to read the bible yeah yeah and so that's what began happening with me trey i love the english standard version and i preached from it from, for years but mm-hmm. what i found that in my my daily time with the lord i was reading the english standard version less and less and reading the csb more and more i uh, i read through it up uh, i don't know four or five years ago for the first time I read through it all the way through, and I just really liked it. I enjoyed reading through it. Well, this
0: is my first year of reading the ESV oh, yeah? through completely. I'll be finished. At, and what, what were your 31. thoughts reading
1: all the way through the ESV compared to other versions you've read?
0: It, it
1: it it has
0: a it has it definitely has a translation feel. It's not much dynamic equivalence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, I think they're closer to what the New American Standard. Would yeah, have it been, is. It is. You know, it is. Um, but, I mean, it's a fine translation. Yeah, it's a great There's, translation. I, I've enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: So. But I just found myself, when I started reading through the CSB in my, my time with the Lord, how much I just enjoyed reading it. It was just readable. It was helpful. I mean, and so, so you know, if I'm reading it on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you know, why not preach from it? Because what I want to do when I stand to preach, I want to preach again from a Bible that's clear and that's accurate, that, that accurately reflects the, the words mm-hmm. in the Hebrew and in the Greek. And I, and I want to preach from a Bible that encourages you to read your Bible. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to say, hey, go grab you a copy. And it might be that you love reading the ESV, and that's great. Uh, but but here's the reality that the the ESV, that translation was written on a 10th grade reading level. And the reality is, Most of us don't read on a 10th grade reading level. I know we don't like to think that, right? Because we all graduate (laughs) high school and college or whatever the case may be. But we don't read on a 10th grade reading level. This is why... Newspapers and websites are written like on a seventh grade level right. because people do not read on a 10th grade level. And so the majority of people, when they read through the ESV, as beautiful as it is, or even the KJV, I think the KJV is like a 12th grade mm-hmm. level. That's what I understand. Um, but, but the majority of people are going to have some struggles because they just don't read on that level. Mm-hmm where the CSB takes that in mind, the translators took that in mind. And so it's written on about a seventh or eighth grade level. And most people read on a seventh or eighth grade level. And so again, it's just much more readable. And so I, I don't have any problems recommending, Hey, get your CSB. You can read it. Yeah. And it's accurate. You can trust it. So again, I want people to have a translation, they can read from and I want to be able to encourage people to read from a translation. And I do want to say we from.
0: do have some CSBs in the in the bookstore if anybody wants yeah, to come by yeah. and get one for themselves. Yeah. They're relatively inexpensive and uh, they're there. Yeah. So if you need to tra- change over come to the bookstore. Yeah. And then number 3, I want to preach from a bible that my children can understand. This is a
1: big deal to me yeah. because, you know, I believe it's my responsibility as a pastor to um, disciple my kids. Well, mm-hmm. not as pastor, I'm excuse me, but as a Christian. Mm-hmm to disciple my children. Yes, amen. I want to help them to understand the Word, to love the Word, to grow in the Word. And what we have found or what I've found in my time of reading the Bible to them is that I'm more often than not using something other than the ESV. Not that, you know, it's a great translation, but my my kids don't read on a 10th grade level yet, mm-hmm. right? So oftentimes it's reading from the CSB. In fact, when we bought Luke, his first Bible, it was a CSB translation. If, if your children come to Northwood, if they're coming to Life Connection Groups, they're using CSB in the curriculum they it use. been for several years. For several years. The Gospel Project uses a CSB. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, for me, it's, it's a translation that I can use with my kids, and my kids can more easily understand it than they can the ESV, and that's a big deal for me. That's not to say that as they grow older, they're obviously I'm going to expose them to different translations, but right now it's a good working translation for my family, and so I want to use a Bible that my kids can understand and that I can use to disciple them. So that's a big deal for me.
0: I, I, wanted to, I always wanted them to kind of have the familiarity, if they, that makes sense, yeah. what they hear in church, what they hear in the home. Yeah, that, absolutely. That, and so absolutely. we did that very similar yeah, and when, so Luke, when our children were you know, growing up Luke is well. sitting
1: in, in, in the seats on the same morning, and he's reading from the CSB because that's the Bible translation I bought him. I want him to hear that from the stage, right? That this daddy. Okay. That makes that, that matches up with what I'm reading. So interestingly enough,
0: yeah. both my boys preach from Holman Christian standard. Do they really? Because that's what they grew up yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to get them switched over by purchasing these. You four just bought them, them so, yeah. CSB. So they'll switch yeah. over from that Holman. Hopefully from, from that's, from the that's the goal. One that so. predated this. Yeah. yeah. So again,
1: I mean, um, there are lots of wonderful translations mm. and I'm trying to figure out moving forward. You know, the reason why, you know, one of the reasons why I started preaching from the CSB as well is because I really like the way the CSB handles narrative passages, mm. right? Like we just finished the book of Ruth. we finished, we went through the, I am statements of John. Uh, there's a lot of stories there and the CSB handles those stories really, really well. Um,
0: Way I describe it is, it's almost like you're reading somebody's. Yeah, I don't want to say novel because it's it's not fiction, but this it, it really gets it, you into the it, story. It you you're just reads yeah. well. Just um, reads well.
1: It's going to be different when I use the CSB to preach from an epistle. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's just going to have a little different flavor. So I'm I'm wondering if I when I get to an epistle, do I need to go, kind of go back to the ESV for that? Not you know again, the CSB is a fine translation, but the ESV. And the wording, sometimes handles it differently than the and uses those CSB. theological terms. Yeah, that yeah, 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 really yeah. That we really to want to use. So it's going to be interesting. And so I'm not stepping away from the ESV. I'll probably continue to use it in some ways uh, because it's a great. Tra- and I still use it in my study time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, I'm really enjoying preaching from the CSB because it's really readable and I think it's helpful for our congregation. So mm-hmm. if you're coming to Northwood, um, we're not asking you to change your translation. Yeah. If you got ESV and you really like it. Keep using it. If you've got a KJV or whatever whatever it is, we just want you to read the Bible. Amen to that. We want you to read a Bible that, that helps you to understand the God that loves you, who desires a relationship with you. So whatever translation. And, and still, I'll as far as study Bibles go, I still think the ESV study Bible is the best study Bible you can yeah, buy. It has the notes and all that kind of stuff. The CSB study Bible is pretty good, too. But the ESV is outstanding. So, you know, we're not telling you to change your translation. <laughs> I'm just telling you... For these reasons, you know, I'm for right now preaching from the CSB because uh, I think it's helpful for me and helpful for our congregation. So there you go.
0: Well, Pastor, as we start the new year, I, I also want to encourage people as they start the new year, this is a great time to start to think about how you're going to read through the Bible yeah, this absolutely. year. So if you want to get that CSB and start the process, I'm going to do a 90-day reading plan, yeah. so I'm going to read the entire Bible yeah. in 90 days because I've never read the CSB through, so yeah. I'm going to be doing do that. it. So, so just encourage them to do that, you know? Yeah, you
1: can always download the app on your phone, version. It yeah. has all kinds of different Bible plans to get you the Bible and that's in the yeah, firm. that's I, I do the same thing. It's so convenient. Can you just check it off and? Helps you keep up with that. I do that every single day through mm-hmm. you version and it's really been helpful for me over the years. So yeah, but do it. Read through the Bible, it'll change your life, right?
0: Amen. It will. All right. Well, Pastor, thank you so much for this. This has been great, eye-opening, and I appreciate you just taking the time to share about how Bible translations make a difference. Yeah, they do. And how they uh, what they do for us. Yeah. We'll close this out as we uh, do look forward to the new year. Wish everybody a happy new year, and we look forward to what God's gonna do yeah, next God bless 2021.
1: you in twenty twenty-one. And I do hope that today's episode was helpful for you and encouraging to you. And if it was, Go ahead and subscribe to our podcast so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. And as always, we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.